Welcome today. As my dad David shares from his heart, this short biblically-based devotional. David is a speaker, author, former pastor, songwriter, and founding director of Youth with the Mission Montana. He is also the author of the song In Moments Like These. This song appropriately describes this podcast, and I know his message will be encouraging to you. But you, O Lord, know me. You see me and test my heart toward you. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 3. Living up on the top of a forested ridge brings lots of happiness to me. Besides the spacious valley and mountain views that I've spoken about, there is plentiful wildlife. I've talked about my friendly little birds a couple times now, and there are much larger birds, like the golden eagle and the American bald eagle, that soar back and forth just above us, propelled by the upward draft of the breezes that the ridge helps provide. And then there is a great variety of critters, large and small, that live their life down on the ground around us. The red squirrel, or pine squirrel, is one of our favorites. There was one particular pine squirrel, a very pretty thing, that started coming around about four years ago, and she took a liking to us. Well, she took a liking to the unsalted peanuts that I would lay out for her. Over time, she would stand up and put her little nose and paws up against the glass of our back door waiting for me to bring her a little breakfast treat. And in time, she would often join us for lunch or dinner while we sat around our outdoor table. When she came up to my chair, I would reach down and she would take a peanut out of my hand and then bound off toward her home in the woods. Oh, oh, by the way, I named her Susie. You know, Susie the Squirrel. I'll never forget a certain day when Kathy and I left the house early one morning to do some shopping in town. We wouldn't return until late in the afternoon. It had been a hot day, so after getting things put away inside the house, I went out the front door, wearing a t-shirt, summer shorts, and sandals, to water several thirsty potted plants on our front porch. The first to be watered was a hanging plant, which I had carefully hung up high under the front edge of the front porch roof. Before opening the nozzle on the garden hose, as sometimes happens, I suddenly got a surprise visit from a good number of my little flying friends. I was prepared for them, though. As I've said, I always have raw peanuts in my pocket when I'm outside. And one after another after another, they flew to me for maybe five minutes or so, until the whole bunch of them suddenly flew like a whirlwind back out into the forest. And that was my go-ahead, to open the hose nozzle and point it in the direction of the hanging plant above me. And I almost did that. But before I could make a move, something very strange happened. Just before turning the nozzle on, I felt the oddest sensation on my left ankle. I looked down, hose in hand, and there was Susie. Little Susie had her little squirrely arms wrapped around me. She was looking up into my eyes while hugging tightly onto my ankle. In all my busyness with my sky-flying friends, I hadn't noticed 
that all the while Susie must have been standing on the front porch below me, waiting for me to notice her. There she was, grasping onto my ankle and staring up at me as if to say, I'm here. Oh, Susie, I'm so sorry, Susie, I said. I'm sorry I didn't see you there. And so I quickly reached back into my pocket, slowly bent over, and placed a nice-sized pile of raw peanuts at her feet. She was still chomping on peanuts after I had finished watering all the plants and had rolled up the hose. I stopped to stare at her one more time before going back inside. Susie had been feeling invisible. Susie just wanted to be seen. She wanted to be noticed, too. And almost everyone who has ever lived on Earth has experienced times when they felt like Susie did, when they felt invisible, unnoticed. I certainly have. Haven't you? You may be in a place like that right now, in these very moments. Well, your Father in Heaven wants to do something about that. I know, because of some of my own experiences, that He wants to lift you up and out of that frame of mind and get you feeling visible again. He wants to encourage you to bring a small smile to your face. And I can't think of a better way to start than by listening to His words, those recorded for us in the Scriptures. That's exactly what Jesus did, you know. I've read that about 10% of everything He is quoted as saying in the New Testament were words He had taken from the Old Testament. Case in point, think about the time when Jesus was completely unnoticed and unseen by human beings for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. And it was there that Jesus was severely tempted by Satan to despair, to give in. When Satan tempted him to turn stones into bread, to ease his deep hunger pains, his answer to the enemy and his proclamation to his very own soul was to turn to a scripture for strength. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. It is written, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So, when our frame of mind is troubling us, like when we're feeling invisible and unnoticed, when those feelings are starting to undermine our faith, hope, and love, our Father wants us to renourish and strengthen ourselves by reading and even speaking the words that have come out of His mouth, like Jesus did so many times. Like our opening verse, here's another one of many examples of His words for those times when we're feeling unseen. Psalm 33, verse 18. For the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in His unfailing love. See there? It is written. The words from our Father's mouth tell us that we are not invisible. We are not unnoticed and unseen. His words tell us, promise us, that He sees us. There's one Bible story that, in my opinion, illustrates this truth like no other. It's found in the 16th chapter of Genesis. It's the story of Hagar, the Egyptian servant of Sarah. You probably remember that Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham after she thought 
she couldn't have children. The scripture goes on to tell us that Hagar became pregnant. From then on, the relationship between Sarah and Hagar severely deteriorated, so much so that Hagar felt she had no other choice but to flee into the wilderness. Interesting. The name Hagar means forsaken, flight, a stranger, or one that fears. She had been an unappreciated stranger in the land with struggles and fears. She had felt forced to take flight and leave the only home she had known. And now she finds herself feeling even more unseen in the wilderness. I'll pause there for a second. Now, I've never experienced anything like what Hagar did, but I've experienced enough to be able to empathize and identify with her. The unhappiest time of my life was during my junior year, my third year in high school. I was 16 years old at the time, and I had just transferred from a small private high school nearly an hour's drive away from home to a very large public high school that was just minutes away. It was nice cutting down on all the time and travel, but it was a harsh change for me. I had never encountered anything like it before or since. For from the first day I walked onto my new campus in early September of 1964 until the last day of the school year in June of 1965, I felt completely invisible. Except for the bully types who made it clear they didn't like newcomers, I felt completely unnoticed. I didn't have a friend to talk to the entire year. At noon every day, I ate my same and almost tasteless lunch, sitting alone on a short block wall under the shade of an old maple tree, until I slowly trudged off to the next depressing and unwelcoming classroom. And because of my lack of enthusiasm, my grades plummeted so far that it was very difficult to recover. I would barely graduate the next and final year. It was all so strange, so different. I had always had friends, but not that year. And you know, I believe there was a reason for it all. I see the answer lying within the story of Hagar. Do you remember what happened next to Hagar, sitting alone and unseen in that desert place? Genesis 16 verse 7 tells us a beautiful thing. The angel of the Lord, a physical manifestation of God, found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness. And the angel said to her, Hagar, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, You will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, You, Lord, are Elroy. You are the God who sees me. The one who sees the forsaken ones and the unnoticed who gives courage to the frightened. That one saw Hagar's despair and pain 
How powerful is that? The God who spoke everything into existence sees us. And dear friend, that's the first thing I felt compelled to share with you today. Your Father in heaven sees you. If you get that, that you are truly seen, I believe that small smile just might begin to form on your face. And dear friend, as we draw to a close, here's the other thing I felt to share and what I gleaned from Hagar's story. We all need to live in our father's family house, not in the wilderness. We need to abandon that state of mind where we feel unnoticed. We will only find happiness in the service of our father's kingdom. And there, my friend, is where he will always be noticing. He will always be seeing everything you do for him. And that's what I finally came to understand many years later. My junior year of high school was a hard time for me, but an important time. For during my early teenage years, I had not been living on the words from God's mouth. And in that particular year of high school, he was going to do something about that. I believe my loving Heavenly Father placed me in a wilderness experience so that I would eventually get back on the path he had originally set me on. You know the verse I shared earlier, the Old Testament verse that Jesus quoted in the wilderness? The entire verse goes like this in Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. Yes, the Lord humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Well, the Lord let me go hungry, hungry to be seen. He began teaching me about not living for recognition or for any other kind of bread. I was beginning to learn that I was always seen by God, that I was always to live by every word that comes from His mouth, and I was always to serve Him only. Within five years, I was in full-time ministry, serving God and His kingdom family. And over the years, I would be given more descendants than I could count. That's it, my friend. Understand that He loves you and sees you. Live by His words only and serve only Him with all your heart. Dear Father, we love that you see us and speak to us, even through wilderness times, and you've always done what's best for us. My friend and I, we want to serve you forever. We will look for your eyes, and we will listen for your words. Let it be. You've been listening to In Moments Like These with David Graham. If you'd like to contact David or find out more information about In Moments Like These, please visit InMomentsLikeThese.com.